Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Awakening Empty Nester podcast. We are so pleased you can join us in today's show. I am Michelle. And I am Mark, your host of this podcast, a show that was designed for you, the Awakening Empty Nester. In this series, we will be bringing you a whole range of inspiring insights, heart-filled stories and conversations with truly amazing people. People just like you. People who have navigated through their own challenges, lessons and opportunities. People who have transitioned to living a life of deeper experience, heart-filled contribution and consistent awakening and growth. Find out how they are all living with what we call a strong ECG life pulse. Let's discover more as we dive into this episode. Whether you're an empty nester or not, we trust you will enjoy today's show. Let's get started. Today on our show, we are excited to welcome our friend and business mentor, Ellie Hurley, whom we have had the pleasure to know over the past nine months. After finding out how many major reinventions she has had in her personal and professional life, we invited her to share these with our Empty Nester audience. Ellie is a strong family-oriented lady from New Zealand whose first major transition was in her early 20s when she moved to Australia. Since then, her personal life, career and relationship transitions have been varied and significant. Not one to shy away from the change, Ellie brings many life skills, wisdom and a great mindset to the transition, which we look forward to learning about. Ellie is a lover of many things, including coffee, movies, technology and rugby. Her biggest love is to serve and help humanity, which she does through her contribution to her many satisfied clients through her two businesses, Nudge Marketing and Green Balance Health. Welcome, Ellie. Hey, guys. It's lovely to be here with you today. Fantastic. So good to have you on. We've been talking about this for a little while and finally we've been able to line up the dates and availability of the both of us. So it's really, really cool to have you here. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm really looking forward to having a chat to you. And you're right, our diaries haven't um, exactly played ball, have they? It's been quite difficult to get this sorted out this year. (laughs) It's been a busy year here for you, 2020. Yes, it has been. It's been definitely a challenging year and a year of change, hasn't it, for everybody? Mm, Definitely. Are you looking forward to the new year, Ellie? Look, I think I am. That doesn't sound very good, does it, really? So, um, yeah. I've really enjoyed parts of 2020 because it's really given us time to consolidate and I guess just sit with ourselves and become comfortable with who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as there has been a huge amount of distraction from a device point of view because everyone has had to learn how to use devices to communicate, Mm -hmm. um, it's also given us the opportunity to step back from some of the travel that we've had to do from business perspectives Mm -hmm. or even catching up with family to be able to actually just be who we are. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely given us more time for ourselves, like you say, and more space to reflect on what's really important. Yeah, and I think that's a really critical point because some of the things that really are important are some of the things that in some cases we weren't necessarily able to do. You know, we all live up in Queensland and 
our borders were closed for an awful long time. And, mm. you know, I know um, for Helen that was particularly difficult because Toby lives in northern New South Wales, so literally just over the border. Mm-hmm. But because of the restrictions, we were unable to actually see him for nearly six months. So, um, and wow. just to put that into context for people, you know, Tobes is my stepson and mm-hmm. it really was hard because we were seeing each other monthly or mm-hmm. sometimes even more than that. Mm-hmm. And then not to have any contact for close to six months was actually really quite testing. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I've just gone across to the other side of Australia, to Western Australia, to visit my mum. She was not well, but I was very fortunate. The borders for WA had opened just a week before after being closed most of the year. Yeah, yeah. And I've had um, conversations with lots and lots of people, both friends and clients, and you know, they might have had a sick family member. Uh, one comes to mind, uh, his mum was actually very ill and in intensive care, and he was unable to get over to WA to see her. Wow. And I think where does compassion come into what's actually being forced upon us at the exactly. moment? And I think yeah. that's probably not a subject that we want to head down today <laughs> unless you really want to. But, um, you know, we all have our own views in relation to what they are doing and how they're trying to manage covid um, but uh, yeah, for me personally, I see it as just a massive control thing, which I mm-hmm. don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I no. think we're on the same page, Ellie, but we won't go down that route today because <laughs> your episode is launching beginning of 2021, a fresh new start for everyone. Yep. Ellie, you've told us a bit about your transitions that you've had in your personal life and your professional life. We love talking about transition because that is what we help our audience who are empty nesters to move through. Tell us a bit about your transitions. Sure. Um, Well, I guess it all started when I was 20. Um, I used to play softball at a really high level. I'm from New Zealand originally, so from the other side of the ditch. And (laughs) I had an opportunity to come out and play for a softball club over here in Australia. At the time, I was sort of knocking on the door of playing for New Zealand. So it was a really big decision for me to make. Mm -hmm. It was a case of, wow, can I spread my wings and go to a great big country like Australia, which you can imagine from New Zealand it does (laughs) seem like that, or do I stay put Mm -hmm. um, with the hope of, you know, one day putting on the New Zealand uniform? Mm -hmm. And I actually made the decision to come to Australia, and and I honestly don't know why. Um, Part of it, I think, at the time was um, in my club I was pitching, but New Zealand wanted me to play first base. So Mm -hmm. it was a slightly different position and and very different when it came to the actual game itself for people that know softball. Mm -hmm. So across the ditch I came. So that was the first transition for me. I left my family completely and I've always been a very strong family orientated person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've had holidays with my grandparents at that time. It's only granny now who is actually 101, um, you know, knocking on 102 in April next year. So to leave all of that behind was quite a big step for me. And I think the reason it was so easy for me is because I was coming with a purpose and all of my transitions have actually had some sort of purpose to them. You're going to see a theme in a minute because my next major transition happened when I was 30. Mm-hmm. So 10 years later, another number that has a zero on the end of it. Uh-huh. I'd been in sales and marketing with ceramic tile companies and, and the building industry and I decided I wanted to fulfill a lifelong dream and I joined the police force. Mm. Um, or police services it was then down in New South Wales, which I stayed with for eight years and, again, absolutely adored. But a massive change for me Mm. because going from being a civilian Mm. to being a police officer, I've always had, I think, very high ethical, moral, 
standing, mm-hmm. but when you actually put that uniform on, it takes it to the next level where mm-hmm. you really feel that you can't do anything outside the bounds of the law. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're all honest, you know, we've probably all broken the law in some way, shape or form, but I wouldn't even park where I wasn't meant to park. <laughs> um, that's, you know, I, I took it to the nth degree. Uh-huh. And again, the transition was jumping in feet first and actually having a purpose and doing it for a reason. My reason was I wanted to help people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Didn't necessarily work out exactly like that because mm-hmm. as much as I absolutely loved my time in the police, you do tend to become a little bit of a political puppet. So it depends on who's in power, whether or not there's an election coming up and what needs to be cleaned up or what needs to be done. So right. it can be a little bit of a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that removes the human component of it for me. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys probably know me well enough now to realise that community and connection and humans is are really important to me and who I Absolutely. am. 100%. So in my mid-30s, I met Helen and that was a new dynamic for me because Helen actually had a son who was eight at the time and I'd never been in a relationship with someone that actually had a child. So that was a whole new dynamic and a whole new learning for me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that did for me was allowed me to, I guess, open up my horizons a little bit more than they already had been. And I started to do a whole lot of personal development. It was stuff I had always been interested in, but Helen gave me the belief that I could actually go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. So I started started down the line of NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, mm-hmm. and absolutely loved it because it gets into sort of the human behavior, what makes people tick, why people do what they do, or why people say they're going to do something, but do something completely differently. Mm-hmm. And basically what happened is I sort of went from being a police officer into Um, being a full-time partner and property developer almost with Helen. And we did a couple of property developments together and all the time still learning about hypnotherapy and NLP and to the point that I thought I can help people with this. So I set up my own practice. Mm -hmm. We actually bought a train onto a property. We had five acres and we got a train carriage and turned it into the hypno train. Oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) which was amazing. Have you still Um, got that on your property? No, that was actually, we had five acres down in Glenory, so down in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. And no, we actually, we ended up selling it not with the property, but to someone else who's now using it as a home, which is even better. Wow. So, yeah, so the hypnotrain actually became quite a pivotal thing because not only was I helping so many other people with their transitions, it was also showing me where I wanted to go because one of the things I was doing behind the scenes was all of the tech stuff for the business. Right. And I don't know, clients just sort of flowed really nicely for me. Mm-hmm. And then people started to sort of say, can you show me how you were doing that? Mm -hmm. And the transition went from working one-to-one with people doing hypnotherapy sessions to help them with weight-related or personal development stuff Mm -hmm. into business. And it's kind of where I've sat ever since. So the transitions have been, I guess, yeah, pretty mighty if you were to sit back and look Mm. at it from a different point of view. And, you know, my 40th and 50th are both significant. I'm not someone that worries about numbers. I'm 54 now. Mm-hmm. Um, just had a birthday, actually, which was fantastic. I had two days away from my devices and absolutely <laughs> loved it. Happy birthday. Thank you. So nudge marketing is your current business. When did you start that? Um, okay, so nudge marketing is actually 
a follow-on from the previous business. So we originally okay. were called Be Inspired 2, which we yes. started in 2011. And then through a lot of the reading that we were doing and through a lot of the work that we started to do, we both love the nudge theory and uh, Rory Sutherland from the Ogilvy Group. And he heads up quite a few of the nudge units around the world, which are employed by councils and governments and some of the major corporations to actually get people to do stuff. And as soon as we saw that, we just went, that's it. That's what we do. And that's the business name we want. So nudge marketing actually came about in 2016 and has been going strong ever since. That's really cool. That's amazing. I love that the junction and the joining of, of each of those transitions. It's been a real evolution. Yeah, look, I think to, to be honest, yeah, it has been. Like I find that, you know, with everything, everything's about growth, isn't it? And yes. one of the things that I probably fought more than anything when I first met Helen mm-hmm. was I liked, I wanted to be known as normal because I'm just, you know, I'm just a normal kid. Or I'm just a normal person. But as Helen actually rightly pointed out, I'm not, I'm different. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we all need to understand is it doesn't matter what our sexuality is or who we are or what it is that we do. It, none of us are actually normal mm-hmm. because we're all unique in our own special power. And I think that was probably one of the the big realisations for me. And the second one, which I'm also very thankful to Helen for, is the fact that change can actually be really positive mm-hmm. and really good and worthwhile. And again, I was someone that sort of resisted change for a long time. I just wanted well, normal, you know, normal, non-changing, sort of Hmm. just going about my daily business. And, you know, I guess had I not had the opportunities to do some of the stuff I've done since we've been together, chances are I'd probably still be working as a plod, walking the street somewhere or sitting in an (laughs) office somewhere, um, you know, in a uniform, eating donuts, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. But... No, 100% not. Look, no, oh, the donuts got a lot of maybe. The rest of it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? All three of us have been through a variety of changes through our lives. You know, career change has been one of those biggest things. You know, Michelle, from a physiotherapist to coaching, and from myself, from an architect to coach as well. So we've been through relationship changes, we've been through career changes, we've been through a lot of stuff. The only consistent thing in life is change, isn't it? And how we transition through that, how we navigate that, how we keep ourselves open to the growth is absolutely key. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's about, I think, Embracing change is something positive and having the ability to adapt to whatever the situation is that you need to adapt to. Um, You know, I don't think there's a person I've spoken to in recent times that hasn't had some sort of trial or tribulation that they've had to face up to. And that could be the illness of a child or the death of a partner or, you know, a parent or, or bankruptcy with a business. There's so many different things that we are sort of faced with on a daily basis. And we have two choices when we're faced with those things. We can either just, I guess, go with the flow almost and, and just kind of see where the tide takes us, or we can resist like hell and fight like crazy mm-hmm. and and just end up full of stress and anger and depression. And I know which path I'd rather go. I'd rather be sort of, you know, laying back floating. I might end up floating somewhere I don't necessarily want to get to but at least I'm still floating and I can stand up when I find sort of ground stable enough to stand on. 
and then go again from there. Mm. So I think that's one of the biggest things for people, that transition point. Stop fighting it. Just sit in it. Mm -hmm. Go with it. If you don't know where you want to go, just go somewhere. Yes, Mm. yeah. Make a decision. Yeah. 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 Surrender to it as well and trust. Trust is a big thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Mark makes a really good point there because I think a lot of people struggle making a decision but by not making a decision, you're making a decision. Mm, and that's something that people don't actually think about or don't realise. So isn't it better to make a decision that's possibly going to give you something better uh-huh. than just to stay where you are for the sake of staying where you are? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Or on the flip side, making a decision and it doesn't turn out to be what you wanted, but at least you know and you can then make a decision and another decision, a different decision. Yeah. And I think it's something I say to a lot of clients is, you know, in business, you have to be, it's fluid. Everything is changing so rapidly these days. And mm-hmm. and I kind of joke about the fact that, you know, it's not Fred Flintstone. We're not carving this in stone. So it's not a strategy that has to be carved in stone. And mm-hmm. our lives are like that, you know, mm-hmm. like just because you decide to give something a crack doesn't mean you have to stick with it. You might you might get three months down the path and find it's either not what you want to do at all mm-hmm. or really uncomfortable. So you need to change course. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a case of altering the sails ever so slightly and going on a different path. Mm. Yeah. How important do you feel is having an end vision? How important has it been for you? Do you know that's a really interesting question because even now, hand on heart, I don't think I can say to you I truly have an end vision. Mm. Um. I would say that I have lived my life up to this point in three to five-year blocks, maybe 10-year on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was 29 when I decided to be a copper at 30. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd always wanted to be a police officer, mm-hmm. and it was something that I had always dreamed of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess around the 28, 29, I was coming to the end of my best years of softball. I was playing socially still. And so I didn't have the same commitments with that. And then Mm. it was a case of, okay, so what's next? And it wasn't like I had started planning at 25 or anything like that. It was Mm. like 29, okay, I'm going to put an application in. And honestly, from application to heading down to the academy was less than six months. It was Mm -hmm. really quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I asked that question, Ellie, was because I get the sense that you don't necessarily have the big dream, the big vision that you're moving towards. As you mentioned, you like to go with the flow, see where life takes you, but making the right decisions along the way. A lot of people are in the same boat. They will come to us and say, well, I don't really know. I don't really know what I want. I'm not dreaming big. I don't really know. And the expectation is that they feel they should know something. But it's so true that you can just go with life, go with the flow, as long as you are as long as you are aligned with who you are being, with who you want to be. And we talk about that in our coaching as values. What are your core values? What are your top values? Is that something that you also adopt and use in your life? Yeah, values are huge to me. And I think I personally have my own set of values and beliefs that have been sort of core with me pretty much forever. And my core values are honesty and trust. I think those more than anything are huge. Mm -hmm. And just having a sense of community and belonging. So from a belief point of view, personally, I think where a lot of people get stuck with this is the gurus say that they should do this or they should do that. And a prime example that I'll use just as an example 
is the 5am club. Now, I've read Robin Sharman's book and I think there is a lot to be said about it and I understand the concept of it, like waking up prior to the sunrise. And, Michelle, I know it's something that you've really been enjoying lately and I've been loving your photos that you're doing. Yes, except it hasn't continued. The past month I have not woken up, I don't think, before six. (laughs) Yeah, and that's your body just saying I need a bit Mm. more sleep. And I'm really pleased you've actually said that because, for me, that's what it's about. It's about tapping into our body and listening to what Mm. we need and what we want. So, if you need that extra hour sleep, you know, sometimes I do my best work late at night. Sometimes I will actually have some time off during the day mm-hmm. and then I'll work sort of from 7 till 10 at night mm-hmm. because I find, one, I'm not getting interrupted by everyone else because they don't know I'm there to interrupt. Mm-hmm. But two, for some reason, it's where my mind is sort of I just I tap in and, mm-hmm. and just go for gold at that particular point in time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's about living in the present mm-hmm. in many ways you know, we're all shaped by our past. And I think we've probably all got stories from our past that we could actually put our hand up and and use to become the victim of a story. Mm -hmm. Or we can use it as a learning and as a way to actually move forward and to have a better life moving forward. Mm -hmm. And it's the same as having that big aspirational goal. Like for me, I want to just live in peace, to have freedom, have the ability to choose what I do which is one of the things I'm struggling with a little bit at the moment because I kind of feel that my freedoms and choices are being taken away from me slightly with some of the things that that they're talking about implementing because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a little bit of an internal struggle for me Mm -hmm. from a values point of view. Mm -hmm. But it's about living in the present, isn't it? It's about being here and being present with you guys while we're doing this. and, Mm -hmm. And that's it for me. So does that answer your question? Does that help? Absolutely. Yeah, it's... I guess an expansion of my question because we've gone from you knowing your core values and living your core values in the moment. You know, there are people who they've got the vision, they know from a young age or whatever age, they know exactly what they want to do and they're going, you know, hell for leather for that. And yep. they're passionate about it, they love it. And then there's the other people who, like yourself, who you know what you want in the present moment and you're using your values to be who you are being and you're happy in that place and you're not necessarily aiming for any future goals you're just already doing what you're doing so there's value in both of them what i really love about that is that even though you say you haven't had a lifelong dream that direction has been very clear from a very strong set of values that you held throughout your life if that was inconsistent if your values were inconsistent or not clear then that may send you off on tangents that you don't like, may be a very different story from the one that you've shared with us. Mm. Having an open mind and being willing to learn, but also not accepting that everything I read is the truth. Yes. I've got to a point now where I challenge certain things that I see in relation to whether or not they are valid or not valid, and not necessarily in the bigger scheme of things, but valid for me. Yes. Does that make me a conspiracist? In some people's eyes, it probably does because I'm now starting to question the status quo. But for me, it's not that I'm a conspiracist. It's just that I want to have an understanding in my level of learning. And I think it sort of all aligns to the two things that I spoke about earlier is having a purpose. So why am I doing what I'm doing at the moment? You know, I can bring that back to business a little bit at the moment. So with Nudge Marketing, the reason that I'm doing Nudge Marketing and the stuff that we're doing there 
is because there's so many small businesses out there that have a massively important message to get across, but they're just not quite hitting the mark with their marketing. Mm. So I'm showing them how they can utilize technology and some of the communication tools that they are, because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's Mm. communicating your message and how they can actually get that out to the right people at the right time for them to then feel comfortable to take the next step with them. Mm. You know, I've told you guys about a second business, which is a it's a passion project, and it's a project that I'm doing with Helen and Toby. So it's a family business, which is Green Balance Health, mm-hmm. to do with health and wellness. And we have CBD products available for people, which, mm-hmm. you know, from a copper point of view, you sort of there's the ethical <laughs> line that I've had to actually draw there because I now see the benefits and know just how powerful this plant or herb is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole other topic and a whole other subject that I'm sure Helen would be happy to chat to you about one day. We're looking forward to speaking to Helen about that. You know, what you just said there just hones in on the same point about you have been so clear in your value set, the honesty and the trust your mind is open, you question things, you challenge things. And no matter whether you've been in the police force or not, you have done your research around CBD and your research talks to your truth, right? That it will help people. And that's why you've continued down that path. You haven't gone, oh, well, that's illegal. So I'm not going to go there. You've listened to your own your own messages within you. Mm. So you're trusting in yourself. So after 54 years, you've learned to trust in your own intuition, in knowing what is true, what is honest, and you keep following that path. So it's so much to do with your values, your purpose, your love for helping people, all of that, all of those encompassing life tools have brought you to where you are right now. Mm. Yeah, you've used a really good word there because they are life tools. We all have a toolbox at our disposal. And some people choose to see a a screwdriver that's got a part broken off it or something, whereas other people see it as a different tool. And we've all got a toolbox that we can develop. And Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things that just leave the lid open. Mm -hmm. And anyone that feels a little bit stuck you know, ask a couple of really hard questions of yourself. What is it that's holding you there? Why are you feeling stuck? Is it because you're afraid to take that next step because it's actually out of the ordinary and therefore you might disappoint some people or you might upset your parents or Mm -hmm. it might be not aligned with what your partner wants you to do or something like that. There's so many reasons that people get stuck. Mm -hmm. It's about letting people know that it's okay to take that step, even if it's actually against what someone else thinks, because if it's true to them, mm-hmm. they're going to be a far better person and a far better partner and a far better parent and a far better daughter or son mm-hmm. than they ever would have been For sure. by yeah. staying where they are. So, yeah. yeah, guys, you know, don't be too scared. Take the step. Mm. I think the one point there I'd like to pick up is responding to information. We're fed information by social media, mainstream media. And if we simply accept what is delivered by that source, then we become sponges of their truth, their story, their version of what's going on. The key thing that I believe what you've shared with us is really being a critical thinker, questioning some of the things that have been delivered to us, irrespective of who's the messenger and sorting that through your values. Does this sit right for me? Is this true for me? Is this where I want to go in terms of right now, how I want to live my life right now in terms of being present here? 
and where I'm moving towards in the future. So critical yeah. thinking is, a, I think, is a lost art. Yeah. But I think, unfortunately, the advent of the internet has made that problem even worse than it is, Mark, because Absolutely. you guys may be aware of this and some of your listeners may, but a lot may not be. But depending on what we actually search for and the type of content we interact with will actually dictate what content is put in front of us mm-hmm. next time we search for something. So yeah. we're not even being shown the full picture anymore. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we used to get the newspaper, okay, you'd have to buy both newspapers because one tended to be aligned to one party and one mm-hmm. would be aligned to the second. Mm-hmm. But at least you actually got both spectrums. Now with the way the internet works and mm-hmm. Google search and social media, mm-hmm. you know, if you're um, a Labour follower, you'll be showing stuff to do with Labour. Mm-hmm. If you're a Liberal National follower, you'll be showing stuff to do with Liberal National. And mm-hmm. you don't get a really true holistic 360 degree view of stuff anymore Mm -hmm. unless you actually go searching and I purposefully actually search opposite what I'm thinking or search for something completely different because what that does is not that it confuses Google but at least it means that I get maybe a little bit more of a rounded picture of stuff that comes up. Okay. Well, there's a great tip coming from Nudge Marketing there. I never knew that one. (laughs) (laughs) And we're really excited to be going on a journey with you through Nudge Marketing to help us craft our communication to all the empty nesters that we want to impact out there in the world. We feel like we've chosen the best person with your values, with the alignment of how you feel and what you think. We think it's a perfect, perfect match. match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah, a match made in heaven. <laughs> One of the things that's really cool about that, though, is we never knew each other. We met through an organisation, and through that, you get to know somebody, and you find that you know the alignment of values, the alignment of life paths, and in that space you really start to expand your friendships, expand your connections. And I think that's really important that we, as empty nesters, do get out there Do get out there and mix with different social groups, different business groups, different areas so that you can, one, learn and grow yourself, but also really expand your network, be it personally or in business or whatever. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point, Mark, because no, we didn't, you know, six months ago or 12 months ago, Mm. we didn't know each other at all. Mm. And since then, we've had the pleasure of sharing Michelle's birthday with you. Mm. We've met up in person, which was absolutely delightful. And we do Zoom calls on a fairly frequent basis. And it is, it's critical, especially at the moment, because people are craving connection. Mm. And one of the things that doesn't happen is people don't just come and knock on strangers' doors anymore. We had the neighbour move in and we're on a three and a quarter acre block here. So it's not big, but it's not so close that our neighbours are right next door. Mm -hmm. We've got an empty block next to us and then some new neighbours moved in on the block next to that. And I actually met Alicia, the lady there, about three weeks ago, Mm -hmm. but they'd been there for six weeks. And she actually commented that she found it amazing that in an area where we're sort of literally within a stone's throw, no one actually went and welcomed her to the neighbourhood, which made me feel really bad mm-hmm. because prior to that, she'd been on a 200-acre farm and then prior to that, 4,500-acre, mm-hmm. and all of the neighbours went and welcomed them and wow. said thank you, even though they couldn't see them or didn't know who they were. So mm-hmm. I think there's something in that even 
if you do have someone that moves into the area, please make them feel welcome. Like, mm-hmm. honest to God, I since she said that to me, being a people person, mm-hmm. that actually, that sort of stabbed at my values because yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. wow, I've, I've dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I let life get in the way and stop me because I was too busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is a good point, actually, because, I mean, you're talking about the, the bigger the block of land that that lady was living on, the more community she had. And when you yeah. think about it in the city, here, if somebody moving in the apartment or the, the house next door, wall to wall, you don't necessarily know them ever after many years. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's really strange how, how yeah, humans yeah, work. As you said, the base need is, is love and connection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. funny, funny times. Yeah. Well, especially for empty nesters because, you know, how many people are downsizing? Mm. So we've yeah. actually upsized because we, we wanted a little bit of space, but yes. we've downsized as in so far as the house goes, mm-hmm. but yes. upsized in so far as the land goes. Yeah. And it's not an uncommon time for people to be moving. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, sometimes when you do move, it's almost like where you were living, those people kind of think, oh, well, you're leaving us, so we're not make the effort so it becomes a really vicious circle and that's Mm. why I think so many people do end up lonely in their latter life so Mm -hmm. you know it's up to us as individuals to make an effort I think and to to put ourselves out there yeah exactly be guided by your values be guided by your purpose be guided by your self-love your love for yourself Mm. yeah final question Ellie question we like to ask our guests is how would you define an awakening soul wow for me personally I think it's a person that's absolutely sitting in their presence. You know, to be fully awakened is to to have that grounding and to have the strength to stand in your own shoes, to know what it is that you want to do and to be present where you are. You know, no longing for either something that you've had in the past or something that you wish you could have in the future. To me, that's what it's all about. To be an awakened soul is to have the, yeah, to have the presence to sit with what you are. And if you need to learn something, go learn it. Mm, Nice. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're at the end of this podcast so quickly. (laughs) It's been such an honest, real, deep dive conversation. Thank you, Ellie, for sharing your transitions with us. Thank you for highlighting to our audience all the different ways that they can move through their transition with more ease, more grace, more flow. Having you here speaking to us has been an absolute delight. Sitting in your presence and learning a bit more about you and wanting to know more about you. Again, thank you and we are looking forward to knowing more about you and also to meeting and having another conversation with your partner, Helen, Helen Denny Stone, who will join us very soon on a podcast and we'll find out a lot more about Green Balance Health, the business that you're doing together. So thank you, Ellie. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much for your presence and your honesty and your openness in our discussion. And I know that our listeners will get a lot of value out of this. Thanks so much, guys. I've really enjoyed the time with you today as well. This is the Awakening Empty Nester podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy what you heard today, share with a friend. And if you have not already done so, please subscribe, rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments or feedback for us, you can reach us directly at podcast at the dreamarchitects.com. 
Looking forward to you joining us on our next show. Thank you for listening. 